0: It's time for the percolator. 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 You are listening to the Morning Perks podcast with me, your host, Bill Clements. Join us as we hear from some of the industry's biggest management and supplier leaders with insights into trends, best practices, and how to get the most out of your GCAA membership. Welcome, to morning perks. Let's go.
1: Summer has arrived and your GCAA has the full schedule of events designed to keep you cool and collected. Learn more about the Vegas themed poker run and evictions refresher and all things fair housing. You can learn more and sign up by visiting greatercaa.org and click on the events tab.
0: Good morning, folks, and welcome to the Morning Perks podcast for the GCAA. I am your host, Bill Clements. This morning, our guest on the podcast is Mike Susan, Senior Director for Graystar. Mike is on the call. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Honored to be
1: invited back for a second go around. So thanks for having me, Bill. I'll take it.
0: You know, I always encourage folks to go into the library on whatever format you're listening. You can go back into the library and listen to all of the podcasts. Leah Vanansky was the host then. You were on. We talked about about your background, but for the purposes of busy people who don't want to go back and figure this stuff out, if you don't mind, can we just start out with you kind of giving us a little history of of your background?
1: Happy to. And I should go back and listen to that as well, because I really don't remember what was covered. I do remember it was kind of scripted out in advance. I knew what the questions were going to be. So today, I think you're putting me on the spot, which I'm looking forward to. Wild West, man. Wild West. So yeah, background. Uh, I've been in real estate since 2010. I started studying it uh, undergrad at Clemson. I was a finance major, and they made you decide you know if you want to choose between corporate finance, investments, or real estate. And I think there was one other option, but picked real estate. Uh, very happy I did. Trying to get a job in real estate in 2009 was challenging when I graduated, but was fortunate uh, after a nine month experiment in the insurance industry hooked on with a company called Boston Capital got a job there in in asset management Boston Capital was placing investments for banks like JP Morgan, Wells Fargo groups who were incentivized or I guess motivated by the Community Reinvestment Act to deploy deposits in markets where they were in so we invested in Litec affordable housing communities for them nationwide asset management there I think meant a lot of tax credit compliance, monitoring debt service covenants, quarterly site inspections, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So unbelievable group, great leadership who was really instrumental in getting the uh, LIHTC program off the ground nationally. So I learned a ton. And after a couple of years, you know, got into more of an acquisitions focused role with them. So really learned a lot. But uh, in 2014, relocated from Boston to Charlotte and was, was kind of looking for a new job I was working with a Charlotte-based colleague at Boston Capital. who's was a great guy. Uh, the two of us were sharing a small kind of basement office somewhere. And I just felt like I'm in a new city. I'm not meeting anybody. Um, how do I get out and, and meet people through work and really get more connected to Charlotte real estate? So I was fortunate to get an introduction with Crescent Communities. Got hired there as an asset manager and thought, you know, I've, I've been an asset manager with Boston Capital. This will be easy. I was totally wrong. you know. Going from low-income housing, tax credit asset management into Crescent communities, you know, merchant builder, uh, class A-plus apartments all over the country, and trying to figure out how do we get these communities leased up as fast as we can at the highest rates we can, prove out maximum value, and uh, sell them quickly was something I had no experience with. So I was fortunate to learn from a lot of great people at Crescent and all the partners that Crescent works with too. And it was, it was trial by fire. So really admit that I didn't know what I was doing, but tried to learn as quickly as I could and uh, was there for about three and a half years. Awesome group. While I was there, I went back and decided to get my master's from UNCC in real estate at the Children's Client Center for real estate. That was one of the best decisions I ever made. Crescent was really supportive. Uh, but about halfway through that program, had an opportunity to join Terwilliger Pappas at, as an asset manager there. It just felt like, hey, this is a, an unbelievable team who's putting out volume throughout the southeast uh, at a great scale. But it was a leaner team, and I thought, you know, this this would be a great opportunity for me to learn uh, not only from Peter Pappas but from Ron Terwilliger, their development partners, uh, development leads, executives, and, and just try to do things maybe a little bit differently and have my hands on a lot more. So. Was there for a couple of years. Really enjoyed that experience, but along the way, you know, going back to Crescent, I'd worked pretty closely in this asset management role with GrayStar. You know, would select them most often to manage our communities and uh, built some great relationships here. An opportunity came up in 2019 for a director role at, at GrayStar, and I thought, you know, this is really similar to what I like doing in asset management, but you know, I'd never had a team in asset management. So it was an opportunity for me to work with more people to see if I could be uh, a leader, a manager. So a lot of that was trial by fire. And uh, you know, instead of working for one client with several uh, capital partners, now I get to work with 40, 50, 60 different clients, uh, you know, either who we manage for now or, or we will be soon that we're advising for. So uh, it's been a great ride. I've been here for four years as of a month and a half ago. And uh Really enjoying my time here.
0: I get the feeling that it's really genuinely true. You really enjoy you really enjoy the experience at Graystar. I I
1: love it, and uh, in fact, you know, my my parents were just in town from Boston this past weekend. I think when somebody asks you how's work going, you know, that can be kind of a throwaway question or just a yep. conversation starter. And if somebody asks me that, they'll have to cut me off because I I get really passionate about it. I love what I do. There's a new challenge every day. Uh, working on some really exciting projects, working with great people. I've been in property management for four years, so I have a lot. I have a lot to learn, and uh, fortunate to have not only you know my leaders, but you know my peers and colleagues in our office that I can ask any question to. And you know they have such great experience that I, I learn a lot along the way as well.
0: You and I talked about this, you know, a little bit in preparation for our time together. And for the listeners, you are the GCAA Multifamily Career Awareness Committee Chair for 2023. And so I want to talk to you about that. I want to learn a lot more about that. You know, we're talking about uh, the next generation of professionals that we bring into this industry. I just want to say this to you, not prompted at all. I mean it when I say it. I don't think you need me to say it. You don't think you need the endorsement from me. Been around the industry and around a lot of the people for a good number of years. And you, your example, you know, it speaks volumes to how we need to, to take a good look at and change the way we get people or that people arrive into this industry. Because you're an example of someone who in college made the decision. I think you you had the mindset that you wanted to be in real estate. And you've pursued it. You know, I've been around you, I've seen you, you know, in board meetings, have in other functions out in the workplace, and you're very impressive in your abilities and in your demeanor. It's clear that, you know, there are a lot of a lot of people in the industry that have done well, but they took a long time to kind of grow into their their path or their greatness or what they were going to become. And this isn't a slight on anyone who's built this industry to where we are, but it's just It's just an honest look at now that we've evolved so much in the last 20, 30 years. This is a massive industry. I mean, everybody knows that. And I'm not sure that we can get to where we need to be another 20 years down the road uh, by just getting lucky. Again, nothing wrong with it. But can we make another quantum leap to where we need to be in 10, 20 years by picking up people in retail and picking up people in, in food service? and at Starbucks and pulling them into the industry. Again, I don't want anybody to lose their mind. That's how I got in the industry and call me and say, that's a slight because it is not a slight at all. We're around a lot of gifted people, but you present a prime example of how someone was groomed for it, worked for it, was intentional about it, and just how fast you're able to be up to speed in the industry. So I just, I think that's true about you. And I think that we really, we have some work to do to to get us to another level of greatness forward in multifamily.
1: I think we do too. And I, I appreciate what you just said. Looking back on it, I think it's probably easy to say that it was an intentional path, but I think in the moment, it definitely wasn't. If I had known, you know, when I was graduating college in 2009 and trying to find, you know, I was walking around Greenville, South Carolina in a suit with, stack of resumes and just trying to get into any building I could without a whole lot of success. In the multifamily industry, it had just never dawned on me that I could go to a community and try to be a leasing professional or try to be a maintenance tech or a groundskeeper and get my foot in the door that way. And looking back on it, I think that would have served me really well. And I wish that I'd done it. I wish I knew about it. I would know to an even greater extent how these buildings function on a daily basis. So I, I try to ask as many of those questions as I can now, because I don't have that, that hands-on experience of being a manager, assistant manager, maintenance tech. I try to absorb as much of that information as I can, but it's a great career path. you know, College or not is speaking specifically to the, the property management side of things. If you're a motivated you know sales type person or you know you have some some background in construction or maintenance you know you can get into this industry at 18 19 years old and if you do a great job you can be at a supervisor or manager level pretty quickly i mean within 3 4 you know 5 years if you're if you're doing a great job so that puts you at 22 23 years old you know making what supervisors and Property managers make, I think that that's a really good path. And that opens you up to so much more within our industry at the regional level, director level. I know every company calls, you know, has different titles for those positions, but um, you get enough experience on enough different types of properties and meet clients and, and perform. I really think the sky's the limit. So through this committee, how do we make that path more evident to more people? And I think. You know, i'm i'm the chair i think if i'm being totally honest shelby hughes does a great job and she really runs the show we've got a a career fair this week on thursday at cpcc i've put a lot of uh, or shelby specifically has put a lot of time and effort into that so hoping for a big turnout and uh, it's a really rewarding industry to be in i think you know where if you're on site you know and you're on a 300 unit community you're effectively you know you're providing housing for 450 500 people and. That's right. uh, I think you can go home at night and feel really good about what you do every day. So I know there are challenges along the way and not everyone's always happy, but you're doing a really important thing. And I think it's just a, it's a fun career get to work with people like you bill on the supplier side and uh, our clients, you know, everyone on site in our office support teams. It's just a fun thing to be a part of. And I think that uh, you're, you're doing a really good thing, not just for our residents, but think about who owns these buildings, you know, Pension funds, uh retire, you know, you're you're helping somebody's retirement portfolio do well, a teacher's retirement portfolio. And I just think that there's a lot of reasons to feel good all the way around about what you do.
0: I think back when I was in my 20s and I was a lease consultant, you know, one of my one of my bigger first jobs was, and I think I, I had a little bit of awareness at that point when I worked for Trammell Crow, we had more discussions about, you know, the development side and the ownership side. I just feel like there wasn't as much awareness back in the day as there is now about ownership, how things operate, how things need to be. It's just a much broader industry than it ever was. To some people on the outside, it's still like a an alternative industry to get into to make a living. But, you know, I don't think that's the case anymore, you, you, as evidenced by. You know, we were in Atlanta a couple of weeks back for Apartmentalize for the National Apartment Association's conference. Uh, I mean, you could see it. I mean, it's this is a massive industry, you know, operating on all cylinders. And we need the smartest, most talented people we can get our hands on. And we've just got to got to do a little bit better job of, of awareness as a viable, big as anything else industry that you get into and you spend your career in.
1: I agree with you, and it sounds like it sounds like you're angling for a seat on the career awareness committee. Bill, so <laughs> I'll
0: come. You. I don't think you guys need me, but I'll come. I, I need to always learn. You can always learn something, and I'm always curious about stuff, so I'll come.
1: I am too. I mean, there's. I think I get energized about this job because I learn every day, and, and whether that's about property management or you know, I just focus on Charlotte. So we try to get plugged in with groups who are working on the next big thing in Charlotte. And there have been a couple that have hit the paper recently, you know, massive opportunities, new development opportunities, working with groups who are evaluating what to do with those sites. And I think that you just get a glimpse or kind of sneak peek into what the future of your city is. And I think I mean, that that gets me energized every day. You know, love being part of those conversations. And um, I just wish I'd gotten into it sooner, really.
0: I think people would be amazed if they learned early on that if we can get in front of these younger people. There really there really is no limit to the speed by which, and you talked about this a while a while back here. Uh there's no limit to the speed by which they can move up in the industry. They can move from a porter helping out on grounds at a property to a maintenance supervisor or hire role super quickly. They can move from part-time leasing on the weekends to, you know. Full-time leasing to property management of a substantially sized asset in a much shorter time than they would imagine. I mean, you know, th- things kind of shake out often to where that opportunity arises pretty quickly.
1: Agreed, and we've got a number of examples of team members in our office who have stories just like that. And hopefully, he wouldn't mind me using him as an example. But Greg Siegel's a director on our team. You know, started in this industry as a as a groundskeeper. You know, has worked every position on site. He's a director in our office now, long time, you know, senior regional property manager, community manager for a long time. And I just think somebody like that who's gone through every role brings so much value now to our platform where he can get on site or speak with, I think, any client and brings a ton of credibility because he's 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 walked the talk. He, he really knows uh, knows what he's doing from every level up. I I'd love to have that experience in my back pocket, but trying to just absorb as much as I can from people like Greg on a daily basis, help me be better at my job.
0: He told me that story back at the end of last year, and I've been trying to get him on the podcast so we can dig into that and talk about it. So maybe you can help me with that.
1: I think I can find a way.
0: Let's bounce around for a hot minute. I, I like to share it with folks on the call, random things that <laughs> don't matter to them at all, but they might learn something from it. We have traffic issues in Charlotte. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Do you think we could take a cue from Boston and build a complete roadway underground and solve some of our problems here? <laughs> um, that, I mean, I remember growing up
1: and driving around Boston with you know my parents or grandparents at the time. And there were billboards everywhere that said Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, and yeah. you're thinking going on for 10 years and it's still a nightmare. Like when's it going to be done? I know it's not a day, but could you guys hit some of your dates? And um, that's been a, game changer for Boston. I mean, putting, you know, they've got the Rose Kennedy Greenway in, put the uh, highway underground. And I mean, that was a long project. It would be cool to go underground. I think that we probably have a lot of rock issues here that would make that not very feasible. And that, I mean, that project was so over budget, so over time that I don't know that anybody's looking at that and saying, wow, we want to undertake something of, uh, of this magnitude here. If you just snap your fingers and have it done, that would be great.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it is fascinating. I make a joke about it, but it's fascinating when you take a city the size of Boston and the age of Boston with all that water and then subways, you got, you know, you got a subway system and then you say, we're going to figure out a way we've run out of road up top. We're going to go down under the ground and we're going to build, you know, not the exact roadways, but we're going to build another roadway system to traverse across Boston, but do it underground. I mean, it's, It's a wild story and it's worked pretty well. And it's a massive undertaking.
1: The big digs budget was 2.8 billion. It wound up costing about 24 billion. You know, I don't know how late it was, but it it was just, uh, I think the scope was, was totally beyond what anybody had really contemplated and how long it would take. But once it was done, I mean, it's been, it unlocked a lot of uh, development opportunities for the real, you know, real estate industry and made parts of town that I think were undesirable. You know, you take this interstate that's elevated above the city and put it underground. I mean, opened up for all these park spaces and greenways and made what was already a great pedestrian city, even, even better. I mean, I guess the one thing you could probably do in Charlotte would be, you know, try to do something about 277. And I think that there's like some Instagram movements, uh, to, to make it, uh, a lake, you know, flood it. And, uh, you know that that sounds super conceptual, but uh, you know if there's a way to do it, that'd be that'd be great. If we're if we're talking about unlimited unlimited budgets,
0: all right, we're gonna jump one more time, and then I'm gonna try to make the jump back to multifamily.
1: Well, it's interesting to me that you said uh, you're more quiet and maybe reserved at home than you are like in the setting that I know you, and I feel the same way personally. I'm not naturally this uh, outgoing kind of extroverted person. And feel like maybe this industry forces that out of you. Do you feel the same way?
0: Yeah, I think it does. I really do. I think it does. I think this industry, you know, especially if you're customer facing, if you're if you're on the front lines, I think it draws you out. I think this industry is great for teaching people how to problem solve in real time. You know, and that always when you're in an interaction with, with a human being, especially kudos to people in the multifamily industry that are on the front lines. Because there's a sometimes un, unacknowledged emotional component to this industry where people often unjustifiably, I guess so, residents get super testy because, you know, it's their home. They get emotional about it. And so they get amped up about it. And so some of the, the interactions uh, you know can get heated and it's really hard on site level people so you know there's that but yeah I do think this industry does a really good job of getting you out of your comfort zone and getting you into engagement with other human beings
1: I agree I think there's you know especially if you're if you're on site you can't hide you know you, you can't uh, that resident sees you and you know if you're doing your job you you're engaging with them and uh, if you're having a bad day, you're not letting that show through to to your customer, and that's a skill. So my my hats off to everyone who does that day in day out because they're uh, they're exposed. And to your point, residents can get upset about various things, you know, legitimate or not. I think how we respond to them and take care of those concerns goes a long way. But that uh, empathy and understanding in our industry are are paramount as well.
0: I'm trying to recruit all the time the old school way. Of getting people in the industry, even when I'm talking to you know high school kids or whatever, I, I tell them multifamily apartment management. You, you know, you break it down for them where they don't really necessarily understand the term multifamily. But I, I tell them, like, get a job in an apartment community. These brand new apartment communities are popping up every day, and you get in there and you get on a leasing team, or you get on, you know, you get on a, a maintenance team. These buildings, I see them all the time when I ride around. These buildings are 20, 30, 40, 45 years old. In Boston, I'm sure they're older than that. These are generational buildings, neighborhoods that were sort of nurtured off the backs of leasing and management and maintenance professionals that really cared to do the job right. I mean, a lot of life happens in an apartment community.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if I'm sure we're similar in this regard, like I drive past every time I'm in in Boston, the apartment that I lived in and remember proposing to my wife there. and. When I'm in Daytona Beach, which isn't as often anymore, but hey, that was the first place that first place I lived in on my own, you know, and just uh the memories that are associated with that. And uh, you know, somebody, you know, at the time it probably didn't really click for me, but there's a landlord or a property manager who really was instrumental in making that happen. So oh, yeah, every day, and sometimes it's probably easy to lose sight of it, but it's a uh, it's a really cool thing to be a part of.
0: I'll just repeat it again as we're closing out. It really is impressive. I mean, present. Torilla Pappas, Gray Star. I, I don't know that much about Boston Capital, but I'm sure it falls in the same line of what I'm sharing right now in this moment, which is these are very impressive companies with a great ability to uh, to educate an individual and move them forward in the industry. I think you've probably had some really stellar mentors and experiences with those companies. But again, they're impressive and you worked for them. And it's impressive. Uh, Graystar cool. pulled that experience level into their house. Uh, kudos all the way around. We need more people like you in the industry. Well,
1: I mean, I'm I'm fortunate to have worked for each one of those companies and to still be working for Graystar and hope that there's a a long runway for me here. And you touched on it, but mentors. I, I think you know if you don't have a mentor, try to seek one out. I I feel like people would be more willing to do that than not. I mean, I can think back. You know, I had a conversation when I was probably like six months into my job at Boston Capital and uh, wasn't performing to my capability like I didn't realize it at the time but it took one conversation from my boss and I don't remember exactly what she said but I remember how I felt when I left that meeting and it it changed my life you know so if you have if you have somebody like that that you can reach out to whether it's in your company or not just you know having that mentor leadership, you know, somebody who's done it before, who can see things maybe a little bit more objectively than you can when you're in the moment. I mean, that was... If my boss at the time, boss slash mentor hadn't sat me down and had that conversation, I, I would be in a very different place. I, I know that. So um, yeah, every step of the way, I think I could point to leaders, mentors, things that I've learned that... Uh, I don't know. When you're surrounded by good people who are really successful... Uh, there's just a ton to be learned from their experiences and, and their uh, their perspective. So it's been I've been really fortunate to be to be with each of those companies and still get to work with a couple of them. I mean, Taroger Pappas and Crescent are clients of Gray Stars. That you know they use other management companies as well. But I don't like saying goodbye when I when I leave a company and still getting to work with people who I consider friends. You know, if not really good work acquaintances, is is, uh, is definitely rewarding. Yeah, I agree. Talent that's looking to get into multifamily is uh, is energizing and there's a lot of work to do. So there's uh, there's no secret that there's like 25,000 apartments under construction in Charlotte right now. How do we staff those? And so on one hand, I think it's a challenge that the apartment industry has to solve for. But on the other hand, ideally, the people that you're talking to get their eyes opened up to a wonderful long-term opportunity in front of them. There's There's as much growth in this industry as you
0: want. Mike, Susan, Senior Director, Gray Star. I feel like we're going to do it again before the year's over. That'll make you a three-time guest on the podcast. That'll be uncharted territory right there. I think it's you and John DiMario for most regular guests. How about that? Well, maybe next time, you know, I don't know that I can speak to the Rock
1: and Roll Hall of Fame as well as John did. But if if we can get into like the Baseball Hall of Fame or something like that, uh, you know, I don't know what other passions you have bill outside of rock and roll but let's find something else and we can keep it fun
0: Not i think we should, should do just that I, we will do, oh, actually that's a great idea i'm i'm trying to see what we can do about the morning perks after hours uh the after dark podcast i think that's a great topic but that was just an experiment for to to prove johns smarter than me it, it really wasn't that hard but it was a good time i think we will do it we can we can go baseball hall of fame i'll work it out i'll be ready I enjoyed that one, and yeah, Baseball Hall
1: of Fame, for whatever reason, is just the first thing that came to mind, but I promise um, you
0: that. Listen, Mike Susan, thank you so much for your time on Morning Perks. It is always a pleasure. I appreciate the time together. Thanks for having me, Bill. See you soon. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Morning Perks. Our podcast airs every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Keep up with all things GCAA by following our Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also refer to our website at greatercaa.org for more information regarding registering for upcoming events, sponsorships, and educational opportunities. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic day. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator.